Live with CDP Sports Talk, a weekly sports and entertainment podcast sponsored by Barry Cullen Chevrolet. Live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and LinkedIn. And on audio via Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, Anchor FM, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Radio Public, and TuneIn. Now, here's your host, Chris Palme. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Season 7, Episode 13, Overall 343 of Live with CDP Sports Talk, sponsored by Barry Cullen Chevrolet at 905 Woodlawn Road West in the Guelph Auto Mall. Check out barrycullen.com for the newest selection of new and pre-owned GM vehicles, or give them a call at 519-824-0210, or email them at info at barrycullen.com. Live with CDP Sports Talk is on weeknights from 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern on radio station WQEE 99.1 FM in Metro Atlanta, the home of Southern Talk and Sports. Good morning, everybody, on this, uh, I can't believe it, Monday, December 11th, 2023, and uh, I'm looking forward to my guest today. This will be his first appearance on my show, and hopefully more in the future, and his name is Jeffrey Brando. He is currently the play-by-play announcer for the Gulf Griffins men's and women's hockey and basketball teams, and he's also an unaffiliated uh, Canadian Hockey League stats guy. So if you want to know anything about the CHL or the OHL or, or the leagues in Canada, uh, Jeffrey's your man. So I'm looking forward to having Jeffrey on today and talk some golf griffins, uh, hockey and basketball, and uh, some Canadian Hockey League as well. Good morning, Jeffrey. How you doing? Good morning, Chris. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate this. Oh, th- listen, we've been talking about trying to do this for the longest time. We finally hit, we were finally able to get our schedules together at the same time. So, you know, luckily during this uh, during this OUA, OUA break, we can finally get together, sit down, and let's talk a little bit of, of men's and women's hockey, men's and women's basketball from a Canadian university perspective. Yes, and uh, the hockey guys uh, don't start back up until uh, I think January fifth. Their next home game against is the York Lions, and then I think the women are home on January eleventh against Brock. Yeah, the men start right away. You know, fifth day into uh, into um, into January. Uh, women actually get to start on the road. They get a rematch against Ontario Tech, followed, or and then a matchup with the, the Queen's University Yales, and then they're back home, as mentioned, on the 11th against the Badgers. The women's hockey team has been outstanding this year, and I think they're a better team than they were last year. Oh, they absolutely are. There's a little bit more offense. Tori Verbeek, Hannah Tate, Damian McGoffin have all seemed to take their games to a next level. You know, Tori led the team last year and with just 10 goals. You know, Guelph already has uh, 39 as a team this year. They'll probably finish somewhere in the 80s, most likely, uh, especially with some weaker competition. They've already got Toronto out of the way. They've got one more game against Nipissing. You know, it's going to be really, really fun to see where they where they're at, and, and it also looks like to the secondary storing start to come. At one point, that top line had over thirty percent of the team's points, and now they're at 
you know, just over 20%, just simply because of that secondary scoring that they really desperately needed. And uh, Fidela in net, she's, I think she's the best goalie in women's hockey, in university hockey. Uh, she might as well be. She might very well be. She, uh, Nobody is better than her across the entire U sports and uh, goals against average and save percentage. Uh, she had an, uh, an off night in her last game against York where she allowed three goals, which was exceptionally weird for her. She's only allowed uh, two or two or more one previous time this year. So I think in 12 starts, 13 starts, she's allowed one goal or less, including a shutout streak that lasted over 240 minutes. I mean, she was she was absolutely sensational. I still want to sit her down one time and ask her about um, about her her goaltending philosophy. Martina Fidel hails from Trento, Italy, which is in the northern part of the country. Her family bounced around a lot went to Slovenia. Her father went to Slovenia to work there. Uh, then she ended up in Sweden, joined the J1 league in the uh, in uh, Brinkins, and then eventually ended up here as a bi animal biology student here at uh, the University of Guelph, and she's been nothing but sensational. Uh, uh, four shutouts in her first year, six shutouts in her second year, already four shutouts this year. Um, she might, you know, Valerie Lamenta is undoubtedly the best goaltender in the history of the University of Guelph Griffins, but Martina Fidel is nipping right on her heels right quick. Hey, Jeffrey, before we get to some questions, I just wanted to get your thoughts on the this new women's professional hockey league and, and what, what do you think of it? And do you think long term this can be successful? The answer is I like it and I love it. But I'm not sure what the sustained – nobody's ever come out really and said what sustained success is going to be for the league. Is it going to be payment for every player? Well, it's going to be payment for every player, but, uh, you know, a $5 million salary cap, a $10 million, $15, 20 you know, nobody's really come out and said it. I've heard somebody say that they're expecting to operate as a loss – in this first season, you know, and, and the, and the danger with it is, is that it's only six teams, you know, only six teams, but there's not a lot of playing time or playing schedule. I think only 54 games are scheduled this year. It all depends on what time these games are, are being played at, you know, it, it's to think of it in the, in a sort of a WNBA standard, um, you know, you're still fighting, against the the problem with their final is it's right up against the world series or at least a, a an alcs or an lcs championship series so most of the eyes for those games are going to go to the baseball games whether as opposed to the basketball game which is defending its championship so you know seven hundred thousand people watch the uh watch the which uh which was an all-time high, or at least a high in the last 20 years, I think it was, but you're still not reaching that million audience that the baseball stuff is getting. So back to the PWHL, do I think it'll work? Absolutely. I'm just still not certain what the end game is. 
And Jeffrey, anytime you start a new pro sports league, this is just my opinion. I feel it takes at least five years to see progress. And obviously you don't want to start with too many teams because you want to make sure the original teams that are in the league are strong before expanding. Oh, I, I, I don't disagree with that. I, you know, I, I'm probably on that same level. Uh, let's see where they are in five years and then we can, uh, attach from there expand you know whatever it may be i don't think the league will ever contract i don't think the league will ever fold but i'm just you know i want it to i i want it to work so much just simply because it's it's women's sports and we can add another sport to it i will never understand the 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 knuckle dragging troglodytes that believe women's sports is not a sport but that's just me um but there's always part of there's this just a little part of me that says I don't know. You know, again, uh, we've talked about this with uh, our, our mutual friend Mateo. Uh, you put Team Canada and Team USA in the gold medal game, and everybody's going to watch at the Olympics. You make them Team Red versus Team Blue. I'm not sure you're going to get that type of response, and that's what I'm kind of worried about with the PWHL. Well, fingers crossed. Hey, since I've been doing Griff Vision the last year and a half, I've I've done a lot of games as a camera operator, and I really enjoy women's hockey, and I think it's come a long way, in my opinion. Well, it absolutely has. I mean, you know, it's been over 30 years since the women first had a, a women's world championship. So, you know, you go from the days of Cassie Campbell now to Colleen Sistorics and to Haley Wickenheiser as a forward and Murray Fleet Plan and then you bring in all the people from the States, whether well, Twins or Amanda Castle and now Venla Holby out of Finland and and uh, um, the young woman's defenseman can't can't remember her name, Yenny Hirokoski. You know, she's a she's a phenomenal player. The the worldwide grasp of it. The more people we can get into it, the more players we can get into it, the better it's going to become. And it's going to have to be a collective effort on all of our parts. Absolutely. Hey, Jeffrey, I'm going to get into some questions right now. Um, can you tell my audience uh, a little bit about yourself? And when did you decide you to pursue a career as a play-by-play announcer? Describing myself is probably the hardest thing that I can do because I don't really know if there is a way to describe myself. Um, I'm a simpleton at best. I love sports. I love hockey. I love calling sports. You know, it's I've had this question a few times this year of of when I started wanting to be a play-by-play broadcaster. And truthfully, it was basically still when I was almost in diapers. I would listen to Bob Cole on Hockey Night in Canada every Saturday night with on uh, the CBC watching Leafs games and jump it all the time. Seemingly, it never could say it was all juggle. But uh, yeah, and since then, I've always sort of wanted to be a play-by-play broadcaster. You know, living here in Guelph, there isn't that many opportunities to become one. Uh, it's funny because, you know, the former New York Rangers voice, radio voice, Norm Jerry is our former mayor. Um, yep. So we have him and, and you know, Larry Malott has been, been around for years. 
decades with the Guelph Storm, and even prior to that, the the, the Holiday Platers, and and even before that, the CMCs. And so, you know, you have we have a we have an intercounty baseball team, a semi-pro baseball team. You know, we have all these other different sports, but we've never really had the opportunity. Now we do. We're in 2023. Everything is is digitalized now. Everything is on. Uh, everything is on the internet. Um, and so now you can get out and do it. You know, I joined Rogers TV as a volunteer in 2000, wanting to be the next, the first play-by-play voice of the Guelph Storm. Um, I thought that would be a great foot in the door. I'd get, you know, four or five years in of, um, uh, of experience before moving on, you know, having enough to build a demo reel and finally getting to be able to get out in the world and practice and, you know, get a real life job. But unfortunately it was taken over and the same guy held on the position for 23 years. So there's nothing much you can do about it. It's uh, it's not an easy industry to break into, but as long as you have the passion and you're willing to work and learn, um, like I said, and for me, this live streaming has given me opportunities that I wouldn't have gotten without this technology. Mm. And and that's another thing, too, is that I've had so many arguments with family members, with friends, is that I just couldn't get up on the dream. No matter what it was, you know, hey, you got to get another job. Hey, you got to do this. Hey, you got to do that. I just, I, I couldn't do it. I can't give up on this dream. I know how to do one thing in life, and that's call sworn events. That's pretty much all I can do and be really, really good at it. So, and, you know, as we mentioned, the internet has sort of opened our eyes to literally a brand new world of technology and internet, and we can all put our voices out there to anything we wanted, really. And so it's a lot easier for us to to get that opportunity to call hockey games, baseball games, whatever it is, have an interview show, have a, you know, your very own podcast that it sets ourselves apart from somebody else. And that's what that's supposed to do. That's what social media is supposed to do. And, and what, what I love about this is um, this is on a radio station in Georgia, so I can do my own radio shows from my own home as well. But Jeffrey, one thing I wanted to say too is whatever you're doing in whatever career you're doing, this goes from radio or media or whatever, is be consistent and be yourself. Don't try to be somebody that you're not. Oh, I completely agree with that. Just had a, uh, a conversation with uh, with our mutual friend again, Ryan Drury, the now play-by-play TV voice of the of the Guelph Storm, and he was mentioning that you know he he just wants to go in and do the job every night, be himself. Same with Mark Perry, the his his color commentator or at color or analyst now, I guess we call him. And uh, you know, the more you get the chance to experience your own personality i you know i think that's another thing too is that um play-by-play broadcasters because we talk so much that if we're a little bit monotonic or we're a little bit too by the line we're not able to express ourselves and we're not able to be who we should be and express our our uh, i don't want to say condolences because that's not the right word but express you know we we need to be expressive 
And some people can do it, some people can't. Besides Bob Cool, uh, who else were some other broadcasters, both in radio and TV, that you liked when you were growing up? Well, I think the big one for me is Doc Emmerich. I think you can tell that by my game call. It's a very fast, furious game call with uh, with different verbiage, as much different verbiage as I can I can get in. Um, I realized along the way when I was practicing that there's only so many ways you can say the word pass. You know, player X passes to player Y, player Y passes to player Z, player Z passes to player A. But when you when you go and you say player X hands this off to player Y, player Y to player Z, players you know player Z distributes to player A, player A distribute you know circulates to player B, player B player assigns to player C. All these words that make it better, you know, make that make English just a little bit better for us to use. Um, it's a, it's a very high high standard for me. Also in time, uh, four and three quarters in a period, four and a half, four and a quarter in a period instead of four fifteen or four twenty or whatever it may be. Um, a lot of the guys, Chris Cuthbert again, one. Um, you know, uh, CC has been doing it for quite a long time now, and you know, obviously there's a reason why he been able to be at the top of the game there's a reason why he got to call the 2010 uh olympic final with the golden goal call from Sidney crosby's stick but uh yeah there's been there's been quite a few especially those guys you know you know um actually a guy who i really like now is a british soccer commentator peter Drew. i think he's the best play-by-play guy in all of professional sports the way he can build a story and the way he can um, talk about, you know, even after a goal call, he, he always seems to find the right words, the right way to describe how the game was going or how the goal is scored. And he's always been able to find it. And I always find that fascinating because, you know, here in hockey, we just sort of scream the goal scorer's name. And then here, here's the uh, analyst come in and say, well, here's what happens, Dim. You know, and, and, and you go, okay, and back to work. Actually, Jim Houston, another one from the hockey, on the hockey side. Um, I loved his energy, love his passion. Great one. You know, I love the great save. You know, I, I, I love all that stuff. So, and he also used a little bit of comedy. In, in his work and that's and that's sort of what you need too i mean you have a nine two blowout or an eight one blowout and you're just sort of going okay i gotta try to find a way to kill time i gotta find a way to keep my audience as well as a lot of the truly great ones also do multiple sports and one of the ones i think of is vin scully you think of him with the dodgers but he also did the major league baseball game of the week and he also did golf and he also did a very good job with the national football league when he was with cbs in the 70s and 80s as well yeah i you know vin scully was the cat you know in the 1982 san francisco 49ers right so um you know, and then also, you know, hey, shout out to Kenny Albert for doing oh, yes. all four sports in uh, in at a major league level. You know, he'll he's been the voice of the Stanley Cup. It, it, it's kind of funny because you know he's a top level broadcaster when you get to the Stanley Cup playoffs and the Stanley Cup final, but he's third and fourth on Fox's depth chart 
when it comes to the NFL. So you're always trying to find what your niche is and 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 whatnot. And uh, you know, I I should actually look at, at Kenny more often as somebody who I should follow. And I think I've told you a few times, Chris, that uh, you know. Yeah, you asked me once before, and you may you may even have this on your mind now of, of how young broadcasters should get into the sport or get into the business. And my answer was, um, you call as many games as you can, no matter what it is. You know, I've called everything from hockey and basketball at a university level. I started calling ultimate frisbee. I started calling roller derby. I've called lacrosse. That ended up. Literally, uh, referees called the game with 10 minutes to go because there was a huge brawl and they didn't want to have to do any more of it. So I've called basically everything. You know, you have to be a well-rounded announcer because anything that you can use, you know, I, I might even use a, a, a phrase like an offensive board, an offensive rebound in hockey when it's a basketball term. So anything, you know, anything that I can figure out that I can use in a game, I'll try it. And that's what I'm trying to do with this show, too. Obviously, I love my sports talk, but I've also branched out and interviewed people from other professions as well. So I try to make my show diverse with guests and subjects in the episodes as well because i want people out there that sees us my show or our episode today saying hey this guy can talk to anybody on here and and i'm using my former career is uh i hope because my other career i had to deal with a lot of public and deal with all walks of life and and interview people and and i love this um what's the storytelling aspect of it and i always learn something new from my And that's ultimately what you want, Chris, is that uh, as I've happened to lose you here. So uh, oh. and now I got you back. Cold difficulties with some Wi-Fi. Yeah, we're back. We're back. That was on my end. I apologize. All right. All right. I, like I said, you off here. I've been having problems off mine, so I'm just a little yeah, scared right now. It happens with technology. It, it works great, but sometimes things do happen on here. Of course. Hey, uh, Jeffrey, what I was going to say as a play-by-play announcer, how important is the storytelling aspect and the preparation? And can you just tell my audience what, before you do a broadcast for the the Griffins hockey or basketball teams, what a day's like for you to prepare? Well, uh, frankly, because my personal life is also very, you know, busy with with the CHL stats. Um, I don't really get a day to prepare, so it'll be a set of two, three, four days to prepare. So for me, uh, I usually have three lines of notes. One is for current uh, current stats, career stats, and stats versus the opponent. Uh, one stat will be a former team that they played on or teams that they've played on and something personal that they've done. So... Uh, whether it be a, a, a U Sports All Canadian, or we have one player on the women's Griffin women's team who was an Ontario Tumbling champion, um, and finished eighth, I believe she said at the at the Canadian Nationals. We talked about somebody who was uh, the niece of a of a former Stanley Cup champion, former multiple time Stanley Cup champion as well. Um, all those aspects of storytelling of telling personal stories is all part and parcel of uh, trying to sell the sport 
and is trying to sell the game as well. So every it, storytelling is such an underrated aspect because I a lot of people think that play-by-play is done. You show up, you do it, you put the headset on, you call a game, and you go home. And that couldn't be further from the truth. As soon as as soon as a game is done, so let's say I've got a Thursday game and Brock's women's are in town like they are, uh, we have a Friday game and UQTR, the University of Quebec at Claude de are coming in. I completely forget about what the game against Brock is, and now I've got to concentrate on all the stories from what's going on in UQTR. And that's, you know, two-time national provincial champion, scored in triple overtime. Well, hey, the last time that happened, Guelph had a, a, a scored in triple overtime to win a, a Queen's Cup. Um, you know, how many QMGHL players are on that team? Um, there's all sorts of, of ways you can, you know, Guelph record in or against Quebec-based opponents since um, the OUA and RCQ have gotten together uh, to put to essentially join leagues. Um, you know, the Queen's Cup, the championship game must be played in Ontario because of it now. Um, there's always these sorts of things that you can try to come up with. Hey, these two were former teammates, you know, these three were former teammates. Um, and anything that you can do to make your broadcast better, more, um, more. And enjoyable for the fans make you know bring them something that they don't know it's the internet you can you can basically look anything up that you want and until you can say i mean you know we had two players on ontario tech on the men's team um and we're going to have a couple more when uqtr comes into town i've checked their roster that won the President Cup at the time, now the Gilles Courtois Trophy, uh, or Courtois Trophy from the QMGHL. But that team won nine, uh, 29 games that year in the COVID season. The team that they beat in the semifinals, Charlottetown, won 35. So uh, Victoriaville played 29, Charlottetown won 35. And yet they ended up winning the entire tournament at the end of it on a double overtime goal against the second best team. <laughs> who also won over 30 games. So all those stories that you can tell and getting to know the players as well. And you can, oh, yes. you know, you can tell those stories as well. You know, I, I, I've, I've sort of intentionally stayed away from mentioning that Jessica's cool. father is Steve. I haven't mentioned that on air yet, just simply because I don't want to take it away from her. Um, you know, I've mentioned Sydney Miller, her father, Steve, uh, also was a linesman in the in the NHL and and, um, you know, along with Scott Driscoll, you know, and 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 the combination thing there is that um, Driscoll had a, a famous incident a couple of years ago with a gentleman named Dan Cartel, uh, Carcillo in the 2014 Eastern Conference playoffs between uh, Pittsburgh and New York and Carcillo went insane. Had had a bad case of temporary insanity, abused curse, uh, abused uh, Scott Driscoll, and his linesman, his fellow linesman that day, was Steve Miller, Sydney's father. So all those stories that sort of intertwine, and that you know, something that somebody will tune in, 
and let's face it, we're not getting the greatest, you know, not a lot of people are tuning in, but, uh, you know, and that, and that's, and that's another thing too. I'll, I'll come back to it for, for a second is that for me as a broadcaster, I'm almost looking at it as, uh, the other team. So whoever the visitor is, I'm sort of watching it from their perspective not from Guelph's perspective as the home team broadcaster. I wanted to bring this up with you as well. I know it's kind of off topic, but credibility is so huge, even for what I'm doing, mm-hmm. what you're doing. And you saw this the other day on Twitter or slash X where somebody made these reports about uh, Tani was signing with the Blue Jays coming to Toronto. You had people at the airports at these restaurants. And uh, it was, I think it was one of the major league baseball uh, networks reporter uh, John Morarcy that made a boo-boo there too. So one thing I wanted to talk to you about is how important is it to be a, a credible as a broadcaster or in media, radio, TV, etc. It can get you blackballed pretty quick if you come up with um, untruths. I won't necessarily call them lies, but I'll call them untruths. Um, you know, or alternative facts as as as, as it's been. Uh, been coined nowadays um you you, people have to you have to know you have to know what you're talking about uh you have to build relationships you have you again people you know people will put anything on the internet out that they can to try to get themselves as much um notoriety as they can get and the fact of the matter is, is that sometimes it just, it doesn't work that way. You know, a, a lot of people work their way up from the bottom, trying to build sources, trying to build rapport with uh, as many people as they possibly can. And it's just, it's a little bit frustrating to see, you know, yes, I believe that Morosi report was erroneous, um, you know, but he's also broken so many other trades and and is so very well versed in the game that you can sort of, you know, I know here in, in Canada and in Ontario, especially, you know, we're an hour West uh, essentially as the crow flies of, of Toronto that, um, uh, you know, it wasn't very, you know, Toronto Blue Jays fans did not take that news of Shohei Otani signing with the Dodgers and eventually not ending up in Toronto at all very well. But, you know, you also have to be weary of, hey, he's also broken a lot of deals or mentioned a lot of deals that have happened for Blue Jays fans. And, you know, so there's always that give and take, the double-edged sword sort of, and, you know that's that's also part of the problem of being a top top insider. I quite frankly, I I don't like the ins, the the so called insider anyways, just simply because um, I think you're ruining a lot of people's personal lives when you ask too many questions. But you know, to each his own. Some some somebody will love the insiders and only listen to them. Me, I'm I'm the furthest from it. One thing I've learned, Jeffrey, even if I make a mistake uh, with information on my show, which I try not to, or on my social media, if I make something wrong or it's incorrect, I always like to apologize or say this was a correction and be Mm -hmm. accountable. And that's the 
way I look at it. Everybody's human. Everybody makes mistakes. But when you do, be accountable and learn from them and move on from them. Oh, I, I completely agree. I mean, I I made I made a huge bro, uh, boo boo in the in a broadcast earlier in the in the year where I got a a, a rule interpretation wrong. I got thinking of a, another rule, um, goaltenders changing on the fly. Uh, so an on the fly change is a is a legal line change in hockey during play. Um, and I got it wrong with a an OHL rule that uh, you cannot change in uh, in the NHL as well uh, during um, regular season overtime because if you do and you know if you pull your goaltender essentially for an extra attacker and you lose uh, you actually lose that point the extra point that you've gained in the um, during regulation so to have it happen during play during the third period of play, um, and so the next game, literally the game after, you know, that just happened two game or two hours later after that, because we've been, you know, we have to call some double headers. Sometimes I mentioned, Hey, in a previous broadcast and, you know, a couple hours ago, I mentioned this rule. We looked it up. Apparently it can happen. And, you know, Hey, congratulations or thanks to the referees for not blowing play down because, you know, that that would have assured me that that rule was in process or that was the proper application of the rule. And then once Guelph women's played team, he played again, I said it again. And I said, listen, I'm sorry. I got the rule wrong. I am. I, I fully apologize for, for the, for the error. And I hope that, uh, you know, and I even apologize to Scott Driscoll and, and um, saying like, you know, this is, you know, this is not what, you know, I I would like to know the rules. I pretend that I know all the rules, and I I work with officials in my OHL role, and so you know, for something to come up like that, and I don't even see that rule in the in the OUA or the OHL rule book. I'll be honest with you, I have I can't find it. I think it's under line, uh, line changes, but you know, you gotta you gotta you know admit when you're wrong. Sometimes you just have to admit when you're wrong. When you're wrong, you're wrong. People have more respect for you than to you as well. Hey, uh, I want to also talk to you about this as well. How important is getting people's names right? I know with my show, I if I'm not sure about a guest, I will talk to them or I will go on a website and try to get their names pronounced properly. So for a broadcast, how important is it to get their names right? And do I guess do you talk to the coaches and players before a game to make sure you get that right? Uh, always talk to the coaches. I mean, that way they, because they have more information than what the players do. I honestly try to stay away from players during warmups because I don't think that's fair to them to stop a warmup, a dynamic warmup, uh, because, you know, in case that person gets hurt or doesn't have enough time to work on their equipment or whatever it is. I, I don't have the chance to do something like this and sit down with a player before a game. I would I would prefer to do okay. that. Um, or a couple days ahead of a game, I would prefer to do that. So, but you know, it, it's 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 sort of the most important thing we can do as broadcasters is to uh, get names right, because uh, it's it's not just the name of the player playing in the game; it's also a family family lineage of players of people helping that player 
to get to that spot. So if you happen to say a name incorrectly or, um, you know, as long as you're sort of close to it, you know, we, we've had, you know, uh, a couple of, of, of real tongue twisters, Emma Michalika of, of, of Queens a couple of years ago or last year, um, uh, Ashley and Taylor De La Hay from the University of Toronto this year. You know, if you happen to say De La Hay, I think you can get away with it, but you try to be as much corrective uh, or as much more correct as, as, uh, as possible. So usually um, I have a roster in my hand I'll ask the coaches once that once I finished off all of learning, you know, what I've had to do with the the questions, you know, general thoughts on the game, general thoughts on the season, what's your game plan, et cetera. I'll always ask, and I'll always ask, uh, first of all, since we now sort of have to do it, is any player on your team that goes by non-gender binary pronouns? And uh, I'll run down the roster. I'll audibly say their name. I will. And then they can correct me as we go along and I'll write down any uh, changes in, in whatever I feel like, or what I hear like being said. So that way, when I go to the broadcast booth, I can go that person's name, that person's name, that person's name. I've had, I've been on some other podcast shows and they didn't even get my name, last name, right. Which is fine. Things happen. But then when I tried to correct them, they didn't seem to ever care. And it's like when people don't take pride in their work and to me, name pronunciation is very important. I think as soon as somebody doesn't seem to really care about somebody's last name, pronouncing it right, that turns you off from wanting to come back on their show or do an interview with them again. And it's true too. Listen, both you and I have both have uh, confusing surnames, right? I mean, uh, I can't tell you how many times I've been called Brandow in my life, and so I go, no, like the actor. You know, there's a there's a pretty famous actor. You know, you may have heard of him. You know, my name is said the exact same way. Now, I've also, you know, believed that uh, you know I was I was a genealogist at one time uh, in in a past life. Here, whereas you know, I would look up my family history, and I would always go, "Now, was it really Brando, or was it was it actually Brando?" But it, you know, you you go back and you go back to like 1600s, and you go, oh, "Okay, maybe it was Brando." But you know, that's that's what they that's what they've told me, and so that's what I'm going with. Deal. Hey, are you okay for time? A little bit more. I know with my show, I hey, when I first started doing this show, it's called 30 Minutes Live with CDP. And thankfully, my guests like talking to me. So I got rid of the 30 minutes. Generally, on average, my shows are about an hour because uh, I seem to have great conversations with my guests. And I love the storytelling aspect of it as well, Jeffrey. This question I wanted to ask you I've only known you for a little bit, maybe less than two years, but I. I wanted to ask you this. I never got to ask you this in person yet. How did you end up with Griff Vision as the play-by-play voice of the Griffins hockey and basketball teams? So um, the story is actually really short. Um, Neil White, our friend, asked me on Twitter one day, uh, sent me a direct message asking if I would like to do it. I basically said bleep yes. And uh, they hired me a couple of weeks later, just sent in 
our friend to our friend Kieran just sent in a, a, a demo reel or a former game that I did, a, a GOGHL game, which is a league under the OHL in the Greater Ontario Junior Hockey League. And um, I have I had another one here ready at the at the on another computer. So and uh, he just said you're you're hired, and I'm like okay, I got no problems with that. And then later that year, because there was no basketball broadcaster. Um, he asked me if I would do the bro uh, basketball broadcasting, and I said I have no problem with that. I've you know have have I done it before? Yeah, I did it for a couple of years at, uh, at when I was at Mohawk College. Uh, when I you know first started getting into the business as a secondary institution, so you know it, it's it's been a little bit tough on the body because you're you know you're home, you're trying to set up or trying to prepare for the next day's game whatever it is i mean listen we got a game or we got a day in um january where you know there's a women's hockey game that's going to be called in the afternoon and then two basketball games a women's game and a men's game at night so you know it's a little it's been a little bit hard on the body with both of them but you know the, as i said to somebody else there's nothing that brings me more happiness in the world right now is when I'm able to put on a headset and say, this is, you know, everybody listened to me for a while. Everybody listened to me for two hours, two and a half hours. And uh, we'll, we'll get along great. I can tell how passionate you are, Jeffrey. And when you have a passion for something, it's not really considered work. Well, and everybody, and that's what everybody says, you know, as long as you know, if you don't, if you love your job, you don't have to work for your life or in your life. And that's, that's always what I've tried to put into it. That's all. That's always why I've said, you know, I can't, I just, I can't give up on the dream. I can't, I can't work at a, uh, a convenient or not necessarily convenience store, but a big box store and say, you know, um, you know, Hey, I got to leave early because I got to prepare for a hockey game. You know, listen, the, the I would I would prefer to be paid a little bit more. I think we all would, but and especially with this time of of this time of, of the the world that we live in, you know, um, it's funny. My my cousin came in, watched or listened to me because he he doesn't like sports or doesn't watch a lot of sports, and so he goes, you know, you should be getting eighty dollars an hour for this, and I'm like, well, the university won't pay that, but you know, that's kind of what. The plan is, is if I get an actual job, I can ask for, you know, $80 an hour. Well, I'm, and uh, hey, and I've got my foot in the door. I'm on a radio station in Georgia. It's not a big station, but I'm on five nights a week for, for, for one hour a night. And that's how you get your door, you get your foot in the door. And when you start a new career, I've only started this for four years, Jeffrey, you have to make some sacrifices and pay your dues. And, and eventually somebody out there will notice your work and give you an opportunity. Oh, and you know, every time I, I, I try to promote a broadcast, be it men's hockey, women's hockey, men's basketball, women's basketball is that, you know, I always say, if you get a chance, please come and join me because I don't know who's going to, I, you know, Literally 30 people could be watching, but it's always that one person that you get the chance to talk to or get the chance to tune in.
I think Jeffrey just froze up there. Everybody, just bear with me. Uh, just a Wi-Fi connection issue. Hopefully, we'll get Jeffrey back on in a minute because I'm enjoying having a good conversation with Jeffrey Brandle, uh, the play-by-play -play announcer of the Gulf Griffins uh, men's and women's hockey and basketball team. So, hey, Jeffrey, I'm not sure if you could hear me. Um, you, your Wi-Fi froze up. Hopefully, we can get Jeffrey back on here because we're going to wrap things up in about 10 minutes or so. And uh, Jeffrey's just telling us about his career as a play-by-play -play announcer and how he got into uh, the University of Guelph uh, covering the hockey and men's basketball team as well. While we're waiting for uh, Jeffrey, uh, we do have Sunday Night Football. Jeffrey's going to hopefully come back on. It's just a Wi-Fi connection issue with him. We have Monday Night Football on tonight, guys, and we have two games. We've got Green Bay at the Giants at 8.15 p.m. tonight and Tennessee at Miami at 8.15 p.m. tonight as well. I'm going to go with uh, Packers to beat the Giants and I'm going to go with those Miami Dolphins to beat the Tennessee Titans, but I wouldn't be shocked if Tennessee upsets Miami as well. Also, the Eagles lost 33-13 to to Dallas last night. The Eagles now have lost back-to-back -back games to San Francisco and Dallas and have been outscored, I believe, I think 75, I think 75 232. So uh, the Eagles are still first in the NFC East at 10 and 3, but they're now tied with Dallas 10 and 3. And the um, San Francisco 49ers right now, uh, based on their win over the Eagles last week, are now 10 and 3 and have the number one seed. So the Eagles are now off until next Monday night when they travel to Seattle to take the Seahawks. If the Eagles can win their final four games, uh, they'll win the NFC East no matter what Dallas does. And if the Eagles can win their final four games, San Francisco has a mishap, uh, the Eagles still could get the number one seed. There's a lot of doom and gloom about the Eagles right now, but hey, they're still 10-3. and three. They're still in a playoff spot. They're still in the number one seed in the NFC East. We're tied with Dallas, and they're the number two seed in the NFC right now after San Francisco. So uh, the Niners have, have some issues on both sides of the ball, uh, defensively and offensively, and um, Nick Serrani and uh, the coaching staff have some work to do, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And offense last night, they couldn't get anything going. And the most disappointing aspect of that loss to Dallas was the three turnovers. Uh, the opening drive, the Eagles were marching the ball down to the Dallas 20, down 7 nothing, and Jalen Hurts turned it over at the 20. Cost the Eagles between three and seven points, and then Dallas got a field goal off that. And then uh, A.J. Brown in Dallas territory fumbled the ball, stopped them from getting more points, and then Devontae Smith in the fourth quarter as well. So you can't turn the ball over against elite teams like uh, Dallas. They didn't against San Francisco, but three turnovers against Dallas and their inability to score red touchdowns uh, really hurt them last night as well. So, yeah, the Eagles got to get do something. And their last three games, including Buffalo, 34 points against Buffalo. They gave up uh, 42 to the San Francisco and 33 to Dallas. So they've given up 109 points defensively in the last three games, averaging 36.3 points a game as well. And it looks like I have Jeffrey back on. And uh, like I said, sometimes things happen with technology. Yes, unfortunately, hey, we have, uh, unfortunately, we have a little bit of problems, as as I mentioned before. So uh, it was going to happen. It was bound to happen. And unfortunately, yes. it did happen. So 
But and what I've learned, Jeffrey, and what I've learned, Jeffrey, is uh, got to ad lib and the show has to go on. So, uh, like I said, that's one thing I learned when I started this four years ago. You can't just end a broadcast because of a technical difficulty. You just have to get through it and keep going on. And I knew you were going to come back at some point. Yeah, unfortunately, it's, you know, just a, a five minute, uh, five minute break here. So that's again, bound to happen. But uh, yeah, so yeah. anyways, where, where, I got, where was I? You're just talking about how you got with uh, Griff Vision and stuff like that. Yeah, so uh, Neil and Kieran and um, and they were all asking me how to or how I got into it. So or if, if I would do it. Uh, so that, uh, play by play basketball, I worked for Mohawk college, um, or was at Mohawk college at the time and, uh, uh, taking the television degree. And so I said, Hey, uh, you know, can I do a broadcast for the basketball? And they said, sure. And I'm like, okay. So a couple of games there. And I, so I said, I did that for, um, for, for Mohawk to the Griff Rissing guys. So they said, Hey, come on, come on in. So I was able to get in my foot in the door start of January, 2023. And I've been sort of doing it ever since. You Do you remember your first game call and were you a little bit nervous at the time? First game call. Well, I, again, I think it depends on what sport I mean, uh, and what, what, first thing I did I can't really remember what the first the first thing I did was I mean you know I I've I've done more things for Rogers than I have for Griff Vision uh the, the well the first the first game I did for Griff Vision was also the same day as a uh, as a um a football game so the equipment was a little bit running late to get to me um so I'm like, uh, all right, how do I do this? And and so they finally said, well, we'll do this. We'll set this up for you, and then you're free to go. And so about 30 seconds into the broadcast, it's me just sort of like mumbling, and then it's away we go. Uh, was it nerves? Yeah, it was nerves. It was nerves because you didn't know what was going on. You, you didn't know or didn't have any reassurance of what um, – what could be going on or what's happening or, you know, this is sort of a brand new league. This is a brand new style. All right, guys, I think we uh, might have an issue again with the Wi-Fi connection with Jeffrey. Hopefully we get Jeffrey back on again. We're, we're not far from the end of our show, but uh, hopefully we can get this corrected. Um, I was going to show a video of one of uh, Jeffrey's greatest uh, calls uh, from last year's uh, OUA women's hockey game uh, between the Gulf Griffins and I think it was the Windsor Lancers. I was the camera operator. Obviously, Jeffrey was a play-by-play -play announcer, and I was a part of that broadcast as a camera operator. And uh, since we're Jeffrey, yeah, Jeffrey had to hop off again. I'm going to 
to show you guys a little bit of his work. Uh, to me, this is one of his better calls. And uh, I apologize for the Wi-Fi tech, uh, technical difficulties, but it does happen. While we wait for Jeffrey to come back on, I'm going to show you a clip of this call last year. Uh, women's hockey, Guelph against Windsor, and it went to four overtimes. And uh, I thought Jeffrey did a great job uh, calling this game-winning goal. And yours truly was the uh, camera operator. So just bear with me, and I'm going to play this clip. Of the quadruple overtime period to go. Tori Marique with me. She's got Tate in front. Verbeek, Tate scores! Hannah Tate! This and the game is over! That clip was courtesy of uh, Griff Vision. And um, like I said, uh, I want to say thank Hi, guys. I apologize for that. I uh, When I was showing a video clip of uh, Jeffrey's work of that goal call last year for the Ralph Griffins women's hockey team, I accidentally hit a wrong button, so I apologize. I'm hoping to get Jeffrey Brandle back on our show, uh, just technically difficulties with wi-fi and i made a mistake uh hitting uh the wrong button as well so um anyways guys i'm gonna keep the show going on while we're waiting for jeffrey to come on as well i want to say thank you to everyone watching this broadcast live streamed on facebook linkedin youtube twitch and twitter and later on it will be on all audio platforms and speaking of this broadcast barry collins chevrolet dealership here in Guelph, 905 Woodlawn Road West in the Guelph Auto Mall. Check out BarryCollin.com for the newest selection of new and pre-owned GM vehicles. And right now at Barry Collins Chevrolet, you can joy to the right at Barry Collins Chevrolet right now with a 2024 Equinox. You can lease for $219 bi-weekly, which is like $109 weekly at 8.9 finance. 8.9% financing for 60 months with $3,345 down payment payment on an ultra low kilometer as well and i believe we got jeffrey back and uh i apologize jeffrey you're back thank you so much yeah not a problem again the internet's starting to go without me here but um yeah so feel free if you if you want we can wrap this up here and uh but if we can if you want to go ahead and, and try a little bit more we'll like we can go a little bit longer here but i just i don't know how long this will last so Okay. Yeah. If you want to try five more minutes, I, I accidentally, when I showed one of your videos of your game winning goal car, I accidentally hit one of the buttons and I ended up booting myself too, but Hey, technical difficulties happen and we're back on here. So maybe if you have five more minutes, that would be great, Jeffrey. Excellent. Um, right now, uh, well, let's just talk about hockey. Uh, the women and men's hockey, uh, who are some players for people that are watching and listening on this episode to watch out for both women and men's uh, Griffins hockey team so far this season? 
Well, for the Griffins uh, women's team, to me, I think there's a couple of key players. I mentioned them before, Hannah Tate, Jamie McGoffin, Tori Verbeek. Uh, that top line has been uh, just sensational this year. All of them have over 10 points already this season, and we're you know just about halfway through, so about 15, 14, 15 games in 20, into a 28-game schedule. Uh, on the defense, uh, I've, I've fallen in love with, with Reese Coffey. I think she's going to be a megastar, uh, first-year player, a 2005-born first-year player, uh, six foot tall from Thunder Bay, played uh, uh, played uh, with minor hockey with the Junior Kings and Ice Wolves. I mean, she was she's just sensational. And then uh, uh, Martina. I mean, you know, we mentioned her before, and uh, you know, Division Two silver medalist on a couple of occasions at the World Women's Championships. You know, everything everything runs through her. It really does. Uh, on the men's side, well, it's sort of a little bit difficult to say. Tanner Wickware has been the team MVP, no problem. The goaltender, uh, no problems, no doubts with saying that. He's held his team in as much as he could. Um, right now, they they ran ice cold coming into the break. Um, you know, losing eight one, eight two, eight one, five five six losses. At one point during a six-game road trip, which really I think changes their season, um, they were supposed to be better than the, than what they were coming in. Um, their their record difference between home and road is is mind-boggling, gobsmacking. Um, uh, for forwards, Luke Kukovicius, he's been their um, he's been their best player, uh, former OUA athlete of the week uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, but he hurt himself in a game a couple of, of games ago, so I don't know what his timetable for return is. Nolan DeGersey as well. Uh, Anthony's back on the front end. Um, as for the back end, it's their captain, Tristan DeYoung. Uh, he's been hurt as well. Guelph's going through a lot, of, a lot, a lot of major injuries, and it's really calmed down what they wanted to try to do uh, under a new head coach in Josh Dixon. So, you know, I don't think anybody is is out long term. I mean, both both their backup goaltenders, they were expected to play three goaltenders all year. Uh, Tanner Wickware has just sort of taken over and they've had to use their redshirt goaltender as a as a backup goaltender because their other two, Colton Ince and uh, um, uh, Hammond play Nova Scotia, Brendan Cregan. Uh, just haven't been able to participate yet. Well, Ants hasn't participated, and I think Craig has been hurt. So, you know, that's that's who I think uh, have both these teams are, 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 you know, I think once Wolf gets back home, but they have a really, really tough schedule. The men's team have a really, really tough schedule ahead. I mentioned UQTR. They've got the Frosty Mug, which is their big homecoming game against Lakehead. Uh, they got two in, a, uh, two in a row against Lakehead. Um, they really only have the one winnable game in my mind, and that's Western. And even then, Western might be playing to spoil the party. For those people that are watching and listening to our show today, and they're in the Guelph, Kitchener, Cambridge area, why they should come out to an OUA hockey game with the men's and the women's? Because it's excellent hockey. I mean, you know, for the for the for the women's teams, I think it's just to support women's hockey, women's athletics in and of itself. Uh, you know, you're, you won't miss anything like you're, 
you know, these these girls played just as hard. These women just played just as hard as the, what the men would. Uh, they're they're pretty 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 freaking good. Um, as for the men, hey, it's also a lot of um, you know the the OUA is face. Let's face it, it's part of the reason why they haven't been able to hold on or or be as I think we lost Jeffrey again. So um, I apologize. You're here. Oh, you're here. Okay. I was just fingers crossed about that. Just. But I might go. I might go anytime now. I think. Okay. Hey. Um. Well, you know what? The next time I have you come on, we'll talk CHL and the OHL. I'm just going to ask you one more question before we wrap this up. Just quickly, a little bit of thoughts on the 2023-24 uh, Guelph Griffins women and men's basketball team as well. And I want to give a shout out to one of the Griffin women hockey players. I think. How do you pronounce it? Is it Chai Suzuki or Shy? Okay. I think Jeffrey froze up again. I was just hoping to ask Jeffrey uh, one more question. It's just some technical uh, issues on, on his end, and uh, hopefully uh, we'll get him the. We'll wrap this show up. And since we're waiting for Jeffrey, hopefully to finish this up, I just wanted to get his quick thoughts on the uh, Gulf Griffins men's and women's basketball team. Team, and uh, we do have Jeffrey on again in the future. Uh, we're gonna do a show on the CHL and the Ontario Hockey League as well. I apologize for the uh, technical difficulties as well. As for some of you guys, this weekend I will be down at the KeyBank Center in Buffalo, New York, this Saturday uh, to cover the Buffalo Bandits uh, home opener, banner championship banner raising night against the Seattle. Uh, not Seattle, but the San Diego uh, Seals, 7.30 at the Key Bank Center. The Bandits are coming off an opening season loss, 17-13 uh, to 13 to Albany. Uh, Josh Byrne had a great game, two goals, seven assists, nine points. Chris Cloutier had four goals. Unfortunately, the Bandits uh, didn't have their best defensive game against Albany. Last year, they lost their opener to Albany at home as well. So it's an 18-game schedule. The Bandits, uh, I I believe we're still going to be one of the top teams in the uh, National Lacrosse League as well. And uh, I'm looking forward to being at the Key Bank Center this Saturday night, December 16th, 7.30 p.m. You can get tickets at bandits.com or you can watch the game on CW23 or listen to it on the bet 1520 AM in Buffalo was play by play announcer, John Gerkler. And I want to say thank you to the Buffalo bandits uh, for having me come back this year, doing some freelance media work for the team. And I want to say thank you to Jeffrey Brandle. I'm not sure we're going to be able to get him on one more time. Uh, just some technical issues on his end with his Wi-Fi, but I really appreciate Jeffrey giving us uh, an hour of his time today to come on. And uh, we're going to just try Okay. He's back up. Um, one more time we're going to just try to finish this up with jeffrey and again thank you everyone for your patience jeffrey thank you for uh your patience as well oh hey thank you for, for your patience as uh and the audience as well yeah like i said there's been a service interruption around these parts unfortunately and there's nothing you can do uh the past no. couple of hours it's been you know fantastic and we just happened to pick a a bad time of day, probably just somebody running over a couple of cables on the road somewhere. So, uh, men's and women's basketball team. Uh, men had a really big win against Laurier uh, on the road. 
and then they turned it off with or turned it on uh, against uh, Quebec or excuse me, Queens and Ontario Tech, and were you know they lost by a, a, a buzzer beater on the on the Queens game and were embarrassed by Ontario Tech. Um, they're still a young team in action. Love watching Dezane Mingo. You can see why he was the OUA All Rookie uh, last year of the year. And on the women's teams, that they're you know. They're still up there. I think they want to fly under the radar just a little bit, uh, you know, not be as good as as what um, what people want them to be. And I think that's OK with them. Uh, you know, Renee Armstrong is going to lead them into uh, into uh, what should be an excellent year for her. I mean, she had six blocks and a half um, in a game a couple of weeks ago. Um, I'm interested to see what the Egyptian guard, Sarah Metwali was going to turn into a uh, national team play for Egypt uh, th on three occasions at a feeble world cup or a world championship. Um, I think she's fantastic. She, you know, she's a little bit small for her size and five foot four, but I'm, I'm really excited to see how she's going to fill out and become an OUA player. And uh, I'm really impressed with the uh, quality of play with the OUA basketball. And hey, Jeffrey, uh, before we wrap this show up, everybody thinks of Canada as hockey. Obviously, it's a hockey nation, but I think the uh, the basketball is tremendous. I think baseball is tremendous, and I think this country is getting better at other sports besides hockey. Well, you just saw it with the women's tennis, right? They won the the, the Billie Jean Cup, the cup, the the the, uh, the Federations Cup back when we back in the old days when it was before Billie Jean King or, came around. But uh, you know, the men's men's tennis won the Davis Cup a couple of years back. You know, Brooke Henderson has been running roughshod around golf courses around the world, multiple time, multiple uh, major champion. You know. Uh, this is also sort of what you know 2010 was uh, the the own the podium at back in Vancouver when when Canada won 15 gold medals they, they uh or 14 I think it was they really tried to put a uh an emphasis on what the the future of athletics is supposed to be Penny Alexiak and an Olympic gold medalist on the pool uh, Megan McNeil will probably be a, a, a world champion. Kylie Moss is the same. You know, you can sort of go down every sport, and Canadians sort of get underutilized because amateur sports don't really get seen other than like an hour, an hour and a half on CBC every weekend. You know, so all these, you know, yes, the NHL is what we know. We, the NBA, Major League Football, Major League Soccer. Um, the CFL in and of itself, uh, yep. you know, nine Canadian teams, but you know, I think Canada is a little bit underserved in terms of sports community and sports viewing. Absolutely. Hey, but before we wrap this up, I did show a video clip of that call last year. Now in your time with Griff vision with that four overtime game last year in women's hockey against Windsor go down as your most memorable call so far with Griff vision. Ah uh, yes, it would. Uh, just simply because eventually you run out of things to say. There's only so many times, you know. That, that we we talked about the game immediately after it happened. Uh, I told you that I felt a little bit, a little, you know, a little bit high with talking about that that the game or getting out, getting into the car. Uh, you know, a, a five and a half hour 
real-time game, a five-hour real-time game. Um, there's also that that sort of point where you go, because Guelph also has the longest game ever in uh, in collegiate hockey history, uh, a game against Queens uh, for, the, uh, for the Macaw Cup, or the game one of the Macaw Cup at that time. Now it's a one-game final. It was a best of three back then, where it went six overtime. So there's now there's a little thing where you're pushing and you're going, do I want to make it six overtimes? Because that's going to be an even more incredible call. But uh, no, four overtimes and the way the way it happened too. Um, Hannah Tate taking the puck, or at least Jim McGoffin taking the puck from giving it to Verbeek off a bad pinch by the Winter Lancers, then a two-on-one taking it down to Hannah Tate. And then Tate firing at home and doing so blocker side. Uh, if you watch the video clip again, because I've seen it a thousand times, uh, the Windsor goaltender Christian Swiatoshik, Guelph had been going goal, uh, going glove all game, all game long. Shots from the point and going glove all game long. She uh, she wanted to do a little bit of, of fanciness, a little bit of hot dogging, because you can see her shoulder dip at the last second, just as that shot is coming, because she knows she's going to get down and up. That way to take away that glove side, it ended up going blocker, and that's what beat her in that. And then, you know, pandemonium, insanity. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, Jessica Coolius's father uh, ran to him downstairs because he's an NHL broadcaster. The uh, first thing he says to me is, like, great game. How was the game? Whatever it was, was how was the call? And uh, I said, well, it was okay. I think I got caught between breasts. And he goes, don't worry, CC did too when he, got when he called the golden goal. So I'm like, well, you know. Looking, you know, looking back on it, is my most memorable? Yes, I'm sure that there's probably been a few others, but uh, it's been pretty, pretty fun, pretty interesting. You know, I, you know, I hope, I hope I get to do that with the men's team one day. Unfortunately, you know, the either the two uh, years thus far with the with the Griff Vision or with the Griffins men haven't been as good as well they were with the with the uh, with the women. So. But it is what it is, so onward and upward. That was great to be a part of that broadcast as a camera operator as well. And uh, I love doing the on-air stuff, but people don't realize, too, you need your uh, camera operators, you need your audio guys, you need your graphic guys, you need your producers. It's really a broadcast. doesn't matter if it's with the university or professionally or whatever. You need everyone to do their job, and it was great to be a part of that broadcast. Even though my back was stiff after seven periods, I was glad to be a part of that broadcast. Yeah, I mean, you know, and, and that was the thing, too, is that, you know, I, I did the broadcast by myself. You know, uh, I think I can't remember. Actually, the funny thing is that that was the day that um, our former friend, or not a former friend, but uh, our broadcast colleague and Steve Fitzsimmons, that was his last day as a member of the Guelph Storm crew calling Guelph Storm games. And so, you know, I was invited to going to his going away party. Well, his going away party already came and gone by the time that I got out doing my job. So, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely the most memorable. And, you know, I replay it all the time saying, do I want to have it back? Should I even said anything? Just let the crowd take it. But, I'm, um, you know, eventually I've settled on it is what it is. Can't change yep. it. Wouldn't change it. Nope. Hey, uh, Jeffrey, uh, we're definitely going to wrap this up. But uh, where can my audience follow you on social media? And uh, when is your next? 
next broadcast for the Guelph Griffins. And uh, we'll definitely, hopefully we'll see you back at the Sleeman Center at some point in the new year as well. Well, you've had a scroll all 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 season long or all game long here with uh, my Twitter account at Jeffrey Brando. You can follow me there. Uh, and as for our next games, we've we've mentioned them January fifth that uh, the York Lions are in town with the against the Guelph Griffins, and then January eleventh, and then January twelfth, January thirteenth. January 17th, January 18th at the Frosty Mug, January 19th and January 20th with the three games. So it's going to be a busy, busy schedule for us here at Griff Vision. And Jeffrey, you have an open invite to come back on my show in the new year, and maybe we can talk just about the Canadian Hockey League and more of the OHL. But I'm just great to, uh, to have you on today to talk about your career, a little, a little bit about yourself and about Gulf Griffin's uh, men's and women's hockey and basketball as well. Because I really enjoy uh, being a part of Griff Vision as a camera operator and uh, getting to hear your calls too as well. Yeah, thanks very much, Chris. I, I greatly appreciate the time. And again, it's a, it's a date. It's just... Uh, uh, we just have to try to figure out what days and, you know, hopefully that, um, uh, you know, uh, Guelph Griffins, they do really well. You know, we, we may even be able to set up a, a Macaw Cup Provincial Championship matchup between the Griffins and maybe a Nipissing Lakers squad or Toronto Varsity Blues or, you know, Laurier Golden Hawks. And I think that's going to be pretty cool to do. Okay. Well, hey, Jeffrey, I want to wish you and your family a very Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year, and uh, we'll definitely see you back at the rink or the basketball court in January at Griff Vision as well. Hey, Chris, same with you, same with your family. Best of luck and best of wishes in this holiday season. Have a great day, Jeffrey, and we'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. Talk soon. Okay, thank you. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed Season 7, Episode 13, Overall 343 of Live with CDP Sports Talk today with my guest, Jeffrey Brando. His first appearance, I've known him for about a year and a half. He does play-by-play announcing for Griff Vision at the University of Guelph for the men's uh, hockey, men's and women's hockey team and basketball team. And he's also an unaffiliated CHL stats guy as well. If you want to know anything about the Ontario Hockey League or the, the Canadian Hockey League here as well. Uh, Jeffrey is your man as well. Next live with CDP Sports Talk, sponsored by Barry Cohen Chevrolet Dealership here in Guelph, is going to be Wednesday, December 13th at 7.30 p.m. My special guest is Greg Eno. He is a writer, editor, sports historian, and he's also the co-host of the Knee Jerks podcast out of Detroit. And Greg's going to come on on and talk about the Detroit Pistons. Greg has been covering and following the Detroit Pistons for 53 years, and uh, he's going to talk. It's going to be a Detroit Pistons podcast show with Greg this Wednesday at 7.30. Uh, the Pistons are off to their worst start in their franchise history since moving to Detroit in 1958. They're 2-20. They've lost 19 straight games. The franchise record is 21 straight losses going back from 79-80 to 80-81. And right now they're at 19 straight losses. And bringing in Troy Weaver four years ago as a GM has not worked, and they brought in Monty Williams, a six-year, $78 million contract. Uh, I knew this team wasn't going to be playoffs this year, but so Greg Eno is going to come on, and we're going to talk about the Pistons and what they can do to fix this franchise, which seems to have lost their direction. So I hope you guys can all tune in to Live with CDP Sports Talk Season 7, Episode 14.
Magazine this Wednesday night, 7.30 p.m. with Greg Eno, uh, podcast, co-host of the podcast, host of the Knee Jerk Podcast out of Detroit, Michigan as well. Live with CDP Sports Talk is a weekly sports and entertainment talk show hosted by yours truly, Chris Palme. It is always on weeknights from 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern on radio station WQEE 99.1 FM, the key, the home of Southern sports and talk, the heartbeat of Atlanta. Our radio station's website is wqeefm.radio12345.com. Live with CDP Sports Talk is live streamed on these platforms, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, slash X, Twitch, and LinkedIn. And I want to say thank you, everybody, for watching the show live stream today as well. You can also check out my official website at beacons.ai slash Chris D. Pame. All my digital content and all my previous radio and podcast shows are on there as well. Live with CDP Sports Talk, again, is brought to you by Barry Cullen Chevrolet Dealership at 905 Woodlawn Road West in the Gulf Auto Mall. Check out barrycullen.com for the newest selection of new and pre-owned GM vehicles. And right now, if you buy a set of four winter tires at Barry Cullen Chevrolet, you can receive up to $125 in tire rebates, depending on the manufacturer. More details at barrycullen.com as well. Yours truly is on TikTok. I am a TikTok content creator. You can follow me there at Live with CDP, and I will be posting more content this week from doing some media work with the uh, National Lacrosse League World Champion Buffalo Bandits this Saturday night in, in Buffalo at Key Bank Center against the San Diego Seals as well. StreamYard is the official live stream provider of Live with CDP Sports Talk. If you're into webinars or podcasting such as yours truly, check out StreamYard.com. Live with CDP Sports Talk, the audio version is available on these platforms, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify for Podcasters, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Spotify, Castbox, LinkedIn, Pandora, tuned in, and again at 8 p.m. on radio station WQEE 99.1 FM. Finally, you can email or text live with CDP Sports Talk at cpame19 at gmail.com, or you can text me in the show at 519-820-7188. Comments, questions, suggestion, any kind of feedback would be greatly appreciated as well. And um, I'm looking forward to being at uh, the KeyBank Center again this Saturday night. The Buffalo Bandits will raise their 2023 championship banner prior to their home game against the San Diego Seals. Should be a great game at San Diego. Has a great team Saturday at 7:30, and the fans can also watch the game on CW23 in Buffalo or on ESPN Plus, or you can listen to the game on 1520 WWKB. The bet 1520 was John Gerkler. Face-off is scheduled at 7.30. If you've never been to a National Lacrosse League game, check out their website at nll.com or bandits.com. And if you want insider information about the National Lacrosse League, check out my friend on social media, Pat Gregor. He is the analyst for the Halifax Thunderbirds, and he also does the color analyst for the 
the TSN National Lacrosse Game of the Week as well. It's a great sport. It's a combination of hockey and basketball, and I really love it as well. And finally, we have Monday Night Football doubleheader tonight. Green Bay at the Giants at 815 and Tennessee at Miami at 815. I'm going with the Packers and Dolphins to win. And again, as for the Eagles, uh, the Eagles dropped to 10 and 3 after their uh, 33 13 loss to the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, the, the Eagles not making excuses, uh, three fumbles, drop passes. Uh, 10 penalties for 95 yards and their offense's inability to get red zone touchdowns uh, dead demand and their defense continues to struggle. They're giving up uh, 109 points in the last three games, which is 36.3 points per game. Uh, and they're just not getting it done with the front four, their linebackers and their secondaries as well. The Eagles are off until next Monday night when they take on Pete Carroll and the Seattle Seahawks as well. So uh, right now it's a lot of doom and gloom being a Philadelphia Eagles fan, but the Eagles are still first in the NFC East tied with Dallas 10 and three. And they're also uh, still have the second seed in the NFC uh, San Francisco right now, because of their win over Philly is number one seed right now, at 10 and three, but it's not time to panic in Philadelphia yet. And uh, hopefully the Eagles will bounce back from the last two weeks of adversity and that as well. And also give the credit to the Buffalo Bills. Uh, they, they got a big win in Kansas City yesterday, 20 to 17. And you know what? I'm disappointed about Patrick Mahomes, great quarterback, future Hall of Famer. We all know as an Eagles fan or a National Football League fan, the official, the officiating around the league has been poor and inconsistent this year. But the call on Tony being offsides was the right call. And um, I, I, I have so much respect for Patrick Mahomes, but I think in this case, um, he, they made the right call and he should watch that footage again as well. But Kansas City is 8-5. and five. And they've lost three games at Arrowhead this year to the Eagles, Lions, and now Bills. But the Chiefs, I think, have, what, four games left? I, I believe the Chiefs are going to finish 12-5, and five, win their division, and be the number two seed. So if, if you're a Kansas City Chief fans, I wouldn't panic yet. Eight and five, you got four games left. And uh, Kansas City is going to be there as well as Baltimore and Miami. So it's the top three teams in the AFC are going to be Baltimore, Miami, and Kansas City. But, yeah. Credit to the Buffalo Bills, who are 7-6. and six, And the Bills have another tough game this Sunday at 425 at Highmark Stadium in Orchard Park against Dak Prescott and C.D. Lamb and those Dallas Cowboys. And as much as I hate to say this right now, and I'm going to say this on my show before we end it, as a Philadelphia Eagles lifelong fan, but right now, uh, based on the last two weeks, the San Francisco 49ers and the Dallas Cowboys are better football clubs right now than the Eagles, but who says the Eagles can't turn it around in the playoffs as well. But disappointing a uh, couple weeks for the Eagles, but credit to San Francisco and Dallas for um, beating the Eagles and beating them handily in those two games as well. So we'll see what happens there. But again, I want to say thank you to my guest, Jeffrey Brandle from uh, the University of Guelph Griffin, play-by-play announcer for coming on today. And uh, I will have Jeffrey back on in the new year. And we'll talk a little more about the Canadian Hockey League and the Ontario Hockey League as well. And I'll put his uh, Twitter handle on here at Jeffrey Brandle on Twitter slash X. It's on the graphics there as well. And if you want to check out uh, the University of Guelph Griffins uh, athletic teams, check out griffins.ca as well. 
And also you can check out the Canadian Hockey League website at chl.ca as well. So again, thank you to Jeffrey Brandle for coming on Live with CDP Sports Talk today. And I want to thank everyone for watching and listening to Live with CDP Sports Talk. And I'm looking forward to my next episode Wednesday night, 7.30 with Greg Eno. And we're going to be talking about the uh, 23-24 Detroit Pistons who are playing home tonight against the Indiana Pacers at Little Caesars Arena. And fingers crossed the uh, Pistons can end that 19-game losing streak tonight as well. I hope everybody has a great afternoon, great evening. Enjoy the Monday night football games between the Packers and Giants at 8.15 and Tennessee and Miami at 8.15 p.m. as well. Live with CDP Sports Talk is week on weeknights at 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. on WQEE. 99.1 FM and sponsored by Barry Cullen Chevrolet. Have a great afternoon, everybody. And we'll see you Wednesday night for another edition of live with CDP sports talk.